0: Well, everyone, we appreciate you all being here today on another episode of Flatback. We have a very, very invigorating discussion today uh, with everything that's going on with the 2020 election. Uh, We have uh, incidents that are happening. I'm asking my guests if they can turn the background music down. But uh, we have a a show today that we're going to be talking about uh, issues that are taking place And we just want everyone, we don't want to alarm anybody, but we want to be uh, aware of what's going on. And I have a guest of mine. He's been a longtime friend. His name is William Purnell. He hails from Terre Haute, but he now lives in Mississippi. And uh, welcome to the show, uh, Billy. Hey,
1: how you doing?
0: Doing good, doing good. So um, I wanted to bring you on our show and talk a little bit. Um, I saw a post that you put on Facebook and I had mentioned uh, this to another friend that I, I told him with uh, things that been going on in society with the, with the violence, the police brutality, the election cycle, and everything that's been going on. There's been a lot of talk about um, people uh, trying to intimidate people at the polls, uh, people just uh, intimidating people out, Trump supporters against Biden supporters, Biden supporters against Trump supporters. I don't know if you uh, follow the news, but we had an incident here in Texas where a Trump supporter attacked and viciously beat a man in a gas station parking lot and they found him. Uh, and so he, he was, uh, he was accosted by the police and, and arrested. I want you to share with us a little bit about what happened to you uh, as you shared on Facebook.
1: Oh, oh yes. Oh yes. Uh, I- I'm aware of some of the things you've seen, but um uh... As far as my incident happened uh, just Friday, this past Friday, um, I was doing um, by way of occupation I'm an electrician. So I was doing some work at a hospital working on elevators. I had maybe a half an hour for break. I decided to run to this gas station just to get uh, a Sprite or something out of their fountain drink. And I pulled Mm -hmm. in, all the parking spaces were filled. So I'm like halfway in a parking spot and the other part out of a parking spot. I go in and my truck is running, the window's down, because like I said, it's not really a busy, busy gas station, but they may have six spots and they were filled. As Soon as I mm-hmm. walk in, the gentleman's in there like, you're in part in a handicap, half of your car in there, you got a handicap tag. And I'm sitting there like, didn't pay no attention to him, just kept on walking. And he says, you're supposed mm-hmm. to have one of them tags on your window. Still didn't pay no attention. I'm at the fountain place, it's now getting my Coke. He turns around and said, you hear me talking to you? He says, where's your mm. tag? I got one, I'm parked and you need to have one on your car. And I, sit there, I said, man, I don't know you, are you a sheriff? He said, no. So said, are you a policeman? He said, no. Reserve or or fireman or something, do you work here? No, I said, well, mind your business. <laughs> so I go back to filling it up and he's like, and you don't have your mask on and this, that, and the other. I said, man, I'm getting ready to drink me a Coke if you leave me alone. He says, hmm. uh, I said, uh, we're not even under mask mandate. Why are you still dealing with me? And I asked the, the gentleman to run the facility. I said, sir, can you get him or say something to him? And he just told me to calm down, but didn't say nothing to him. He was an Indian or something of the sort. So I wow. go to pay and I asked him, by the time I leave this store, to make sure this man doesn't, you know, rough me or bother me anymore. I go out there. This mm-hmm. man is at my vehicle taking pictures inside, taking pictures of my plate, taking pictures of my truck. Soon as I walk out, I'm sending this to the police officer. I said, sir, do whatever you feel. I said, why are you still bothering me? I said, I've asked you to stop. Okay. I said, somebody's going to hurt me. The moment I said that. The man ran to the back of his car and grabbed the butt of a shotgun, the back end of it, Mm. and pulled it out of his car. And immediately, man, I, I must confess, I threw my hands up. And in my mind, I started thinking of the young man about a year and a half ago, whose wife was getting roughed up and yelled at outside a gas station by a white man. And when her husband or her fiance came out and pushed that man down, he immediately came back up with his gun and shot him three times, I think, or two times to the chest and killed him right in yeah. the spot. Yeah. And I thought about another mm-hmm. incident with the radio and the people who was playing the loud music at the radio. And I just started thinking, I'm like, we don't seen this enough. So I threw my hands up and said, we don't seen this on TV a lot. You want to be the next person going to jail? Me dead, all right, shoot me. And I throw my hands mm. straight in the air so much that I just dropped the drink that I got. And man, my, I, mm. I will not lie to you, man. I tell you, I did not actually drop a tear and start literally crying while I was standing up there, not the one but my eyes started to tear and I'm like, we in 2020 and here's a man that has no civil authority to deal with me, is trying to make me walk a line that he feels I need to walk to the point to where he's... I mean, see, this is the yeah. problem
0: and, and this is the whole problem with it is because in this heightened uh, uh, arena and situation is going on. You have people who feel empowered to step in exactly. in a situation where they don't belong with someone and, and then to go back, to rewind and people, you know, these people who say that there's no systemic racism and there's no difference here you are being accosted by someone and the store owner tells you to calm down. Why is it that we're always the ones who have to calm down when we're the ones that are are, are being accosted. How did that make you feel when you, when the, when the gas attendant tells you to calm down
1: instead of the other guy? I felt Lord in life, man. I can honestly tell you on that Friday, just within yourself, because when you think and you get out of a system, situation, you replay it. And I'm like, here it is, 2020. And and I still can't get anybody to intervene that was in their trucks looking on. Because I'm in a primary and I don't know if most people know, but outside of Bloomington, Indiana, there's a lot of uh, white militia groups.
0: And, and yeah, there's a lot of clan in that area. Too. Yes,
1: yes, and a lot of people who are like military uh uh groups that have served and are training and they have that don't tread on me type of of uh belief, and I've even worked with some of them that have actually acres and acres of fields where they already are ready with stockpiled weapons, food, you name it, they have it already buried on their lands in different places to where if anything actually went down, they would not miss a beat. And looking for somebody- Well, you know, I know
0: that you're telling the truth because I got a pastor friend who was on, a friend of mine who was on the show a couple days ago, uh, Demetrius Warren. And he was telling me a couple of the people that go to his church, they're Caucasian people, and he goes out to their farm and shoots. And um, he said a lot of this guy's friends and him, they have these bunkers that they built, yes. these underground bunkers. They yeah. have guns. They have uh, grenades. They have dried food. They have generators. They have, uh, stuff, they most have people things don't that can believe. Life. Yeah, Right, me. right. And a lot of people don't believe that this thing is serious. But you have a lot of people out here. You are, now, what people don't understand is you have a militia group that planned to kidnap and kill the governor of New York and the lieutenant governor of New York or, of of Michigan. I mean, you have this going on. You have other people uh, doing what happened to you. And what amazes me in this whole situation is here, a man feels the necessity to talk to you about a parking space, but yet it's still other people see this man doing this, but nobody wants to jump in and help in that situation right?
1: you you know what I feel that so many times when these incidents come I'm thankful mine turned out the way it did but I can honestly Mm -hmm. tell you the way this man was talking to me he was about maybe 5 foot 8, 63 years old you know looked like he had been battered a little bit definitely couldn't handle me at 6 foot 1 320 pounds or 30 pounds Mm -hmm. he couldn't have physically handled me but he was talking to me like he was going to physically handle me. I have a friend that that comes from that. That comes from that privilege.
0: That comes from that privilege in in him understanding with the gas attendant telling you to calm down, the location he's in, and him feeling that if something went down, he could explain his way out exactly. of the situation to turn it against. And make you the aggressor exactly. and you got what you deserve.
1: Exactly, man. And it didn't dawn on me till I left. I was calling my buddy who had just been on the job with me, telling me what, telling what's happening. He said, you mm-hmm. know, so-and-so. He gave the name. He said his son just got killed in Florida the same way he was over at his girlfriend's house. And he was visiting her, getting ready to go to work. And the neighbors came from across the street. And was yelling and he told him, Go on, he don't have time. They got to kicking and hitting his car. He opened his car to stand up and look at them to tell him something else. And as he lifted his hands up to speak, they shot him and killed him dead. And this has just been two years ago. And they used the right to uh what do you call it, the right to stand your ground law? Stand stand your your ground law. And he's dead to the day and his father's in Fort Wayne, Indiana still to this day, trying to get some kind of justice for this. His son had no weapon and they told me that this is a new thing that is happening. You have people who cannot fully engage with you physically, but what they'll do is they'll talk to you in such a way to round you and harass you to where you want to act out or yell at or get angry. And then they'll act as though they have no other choice to defend themselves other than take your life. And this is a new thing that they've been doing, not really necessarily new, but the frequency of it as you're speaking of is happening at such alarming rate that by the time the narrative is told, the person who would tell their side is dead. So you only have one narrative to tell.
0: And see, the thing is, is that with, with everyone that's on social media, People talking about they're ready. You know, you you have on one side, if Trump loses the election, his people have said what they're gonna do. On the other side, Biden's people are saying what they're gonna do. My question to you is this. Now, me and you both come up in a traditional Pentecostal background. And back in the day, it was even looked down upon us to carry weapons, to have a right. gun. We couldn't even be police officers back, back in the day. When I was a kid, you couldn't even be a police officer. Mm-hmm. But now in the day and age in which we live in, we're more enlightened. Uh, Even though I don't promote violence, I've been telling all of my friends, so-called saved and not saved, that they better be strapped up and better be ready because all of this notion that you got your angels around you, which I believe we have angels around us and all that, but we're living in a day and age where Christians are going to have to rethink this thing and, and start looking at it because... The violence that's perpetuated in the black community, you have the law that is already against us. We're, all, we're always turned from victim to the, to, to the one that is the one perpetuating the, the incident. No matter what we do, we're never in the right. The law is always against us. When police come on the scene, they come to us first. They listen to other people first, get their side of the story, tell us to calm down when we're the ones that have guns pointing our face, being shot at, being killed. And then you have you have these black people, black Christians and other black people who say, there's no systemic racism, there's no difference. And, and, and so talk a little bit about that, the mindset of
1: black people in church. Well, I, I tell you, I can agree with you that there's a lot of teaching that has been given of the turn the other cheek, but I think, that you say take another look at it. I say, I feel it should be taught as it it really is because every man that has a family has loved ones. You have an you have an obligation of protection to those that you love. And even mm-hmm. the Bible gives analogy that you can't even take a home unless the the man that lives inside that home is first bound because it's in him yeah. to protect. It's part of a Um, um, having that dominion or as we would say it from the Bible you you have a wife you have children, you have a mother you have nieces and nephews they look up to the US to be the protector for so long that's been avoided uh, occupation in the black community which was left us to some degree where some people have given up their weapons because I I, I really believe that you as an individual for yourself Yeah, you may be able to wound a person. I don't think we should go out with vigilante mentality at all. But if somebody's coming against Mm -hmm. you, you have an obligation to some degrees for self-preservation because you owe protection to people that if you're gone, they're vulnerable. And you have a mandate to be protected. Even Jesus told his disciples when he was going away, he said to sell your cloak. <laughs> i don't know what he yeah. told them to sell it but most people skipped that and he told them to buy them a weapon i think the actual term if you, you can jog my memory it's uh for them to buy a uh what he asked them to buy a knife or he told them, yeah to sell like their cloaks and to buy at first they wouldn't would have yeah. nothing but once the bridegroom was wrong he knew the times that they were going to enter He knew the times they were going Mm -hmm. to enter and if they had been wiped out in in, in a lot of places, the Holy Ghost did intervene for them. But where we're living now, we have been under a state of war since we actually have been moved from the slave trade to America and nobody wants to use them terms. But we have been in an act of war considerably to where all the laws are against us. Even the religion to a certain degree has been being given at us at, a, at such a way to where a lot of people, uh, the Muslims and other nations say that it's doctored, but what it is is our our theology and the way we're looking at it has been doctored to keep us with this uh, our mm-hmm. image of ourselves and our relationship with God right. and the servitude that has left us so much of a victim that we are no good for our families, even as men. That's how I'm seeing it. Mm. Now, did the uh, police show up to the scene? Uh, no, I only had 15 minutes. So by the time I got done and I realized the man wasn't going to shoot me, the way the scene goes back then is after I got my hands up, my eyes kind of wet, and I'm going to tell the man, you know, if he's going to shoot me, make sure he shoot me. It's at this point to where I'm, like, feeling desperation within myself. I'm like, dude, you pull this thing out, and somehow or another you miss and I get to you. I'm going to tell you honestly, <laughs> you, we going. Going there, yeah. I felt that within me that anger rise, but the man would go back to
0: because see people don't understand people don't understand the. I was sharing with someone because what I'm seeing in today's society is you have a lot of people that are trying to provoke us into action. Yes, and and what I what, what I'm seeing is that what people don't understand is when you put a man in a situation like that where you take away. His humanity his in front of him. everyone. You strip him down to, to nothing. You treat him as though he is nothing. You leave him there, and he already knows the system. And all that goes through his mind. You know, how is this going to play out? What's it going to look like afterwards? What's going to happen to me and my family? See, they don't have to think about all that, because nine times out of ten, they're going to walk away from the situation, probably not even go down yeah, to the exactly. police. down to the police station as a victim and not the one that's the the perpetrator and so we're left with this situation and issue where we have to think about all these things and it makes us feel powerless
1: and people don't understand that they don't walk in our shoes that's what brought on the tear part because i was looking at it. how many times does this have to happen and why is this happening now And, and i got to a place to where you know he didn't stop talking to me He he put his hand back in there, pushed it, then put his phone up and started saying, "Yeah, give me more evidence. You're going to jail, buddy. I'm getting in my car. I'm in reverse, and the man is still talking to me. Not just because that that
0: that sense of that's that sense of empowerment that I'm more than you, that I'm better than you, and that I'm right. Yeah, and that the law is going to back me up." The police, the district attorney, we exactly. have uh, it on record where you have that attorney general from Kentucky who outright lied oh, yeah. and said that he presented all the evidence in in that Breonna uh, Taylor case, yeah. said that the jury couldn't find uh, probable cause, but he didn't even present it to them. And so when, and, and when you have black people, unfortunately, doing the bidding, it's just like slavery. You always had you know you think in terms of all the people that were put on boats Mm -hmm. we have to understand that some of those people that were put on boats majority of those people put on boats by other black people so there's always other people within our race that profit from the downfall of our own people and now in in 2020 you have black people doing the bidding publicly through policy through um through laws and through whatever it to did. enact these things to continue to oppress the black people.
1: Exactly, exactly. And and i tell you what further happened is as I pulled away, this man was still filming me all the way till I got off the lot of the gas station, till I got to the corner and turned. And because I mm-hmm. dropped my drink and I didn't have nothing, I went immediately <clears throat> to an Arby's. And I didn't take a space because this is lunchtime. So you got people out there. I open the first door. And by the time I get the second door, here's another white man, probably 350 mm-hmm. pounds, maybe 60 years old. I open the door. He says, hold that door there for me, buddy. Let me come on through there. I said, why not let me come in? Now, I just came out of one situation. Exactly. I'm like, why not let mm-hmm. me come in? He said, no, no, you let me come out. And man, wow. still upset. So as he came out, I just let the door go. I mean, I, I wasn't the best thing to do, but I just came out of a, a mind. All no, cool. I
0: understand it. I understand it. He, I mean, come on, man. Here it is. You a man. He's a man. He wants to come through, and he's telling you basically, no, I'm going to come through, and, not just and that. you come after me. It, it, it's a whole mindset.
1: Yeah, not just that, but he was standing at the door waiting for me to open it. It would come out until the door was open and then he wanted to walk through. As soon as I went in the army, there was a black man there and two other white men just shake my, they shook their head and look at me and said, just totally disrespectful. But they didn't know what I had just Mm -hmm. went through. So I'm like, okay, here's one situation. Here's another one. Maybe it's just the mindset of all white people or it's God testing me. You know that I would find myself within 10 minutes at two different locations with the same type of mentality. And it wasn't until I talked to my friend Until I understood, hey, this is the the thing that they're back doing again. They're creating such a rage in you by provoking you and provoking you until you're ready to act out or at least tell them off. And then they go to this defensive mindset of I got to protect myself. This angry black man Mm -hmm. is coming after me. And, and, mm-hmm. goes, mm-hmm. and then see, and here's the narrative that people also there was
0: a right about, there was but a here's the narrative that they don't understand Go ahead. here's the narrative that people don't understand you made, you made a point earlier when you described your size and height compared to his yes. so when the scene is over he says look at this big black guy what am I going to do against him I was in fear for my life and to them that's reasonable even though he started it and provoked it it's reasonable that they're gonna say well i can understand why you was afraid for your life
1: yep and there's not a court in the state of indiana i believe looking at a male six foot one 320 pounds against a white man 63 years of age somewhere in there at about 150 pounds that wouldn't have gave him the right to say and do what happened especially in bloomington indiana and yes and it's oh, well, man I because since that's happened, the different people who have been on my page have told stories of maybe making, as they call it, California stop and kind of moving through a stoplight mm. too fast. Here comes somebody in a car with a video camera that's going to follow them all the way to their residence to try to make yeah. a report on them. And these are happening yeah. even to Black women. So I mean, yeah, it, it, I don't care where you live in, that's in Louisville too. So I mean, and then in Annapolis, different places. And I think we need to readdress our community and tell them, hold up. If you don't have the mm-hmm. food in the forefront of your mind, you may be victim real soon. Well,
0: man, I appreciate you sharing your story. That's what I wanted to get on here and say, man, we're out of time, but I'm saying to all of my listeners here, clap back get on your social media, make sure you go to my page on my Facebook page, share his story, forward it on to everyone. Let everyone be aware. We're not trying to tell people to go out and commit violence, but we want you to be aware yeah. of what's going on in this atmosphere that we're living in so that you can be prepared and to be ready. Let's just, you need to have your video cameras ready. You need to have your, uh, your guns ready because you need to protect yourself and your family. You have a right to do that. But you're going to need extra evidence because when it all goes down and, you know, I hope that in this election cycle that there is no violence. But, you know, there's a good chance that there will be. But I hope that it's not. And I hope that we as a people are not caught up in the crossfire and lose our lives and lose our livelihoods and things of that nature. So, Billy, thank you, man, for coming on our show today. Uh, We'll be sharing this out. Absolutely, man. And we appreciate it. And you have a good evening. All right. And now to everybody, be safe out there. Those of you who want to be part of the Clapback Nation, make sure you email us at clapback770gmail.com. That's clapback770gmail.com.